Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Dallas sports expert Saad Yusuf. Elle's ready to kill the preseason until Pops comes up with a better option. The guys learn that millennials are ruining video streaming and move over, King of Pop. There's a new champ in town. All that and more this week on Just Press Play. after me. Pregnant ladies and little kids better get the hell out of the way because I am running. I'm just, I'm like Forrest Gump, dude. I am running. So. Who also got covered by Aretha Franklin in RSPECT. Find out what it means to me. Look, I want you each to use ombudsman in a sentence next week. I got one for you. My name is Kevin, the official ombudsman. <laughs> you like apples? Hey, hello. We are back. The tripod is back. It was. <laughs> <laughs> well, for for all you Seinfeld fans out there, a little reference there, but uh, yeah, we're back. The, the the tripod was falling over a little bit because we didn't we didn't have pops on, but he did he did give us a little call in and, and his Joe Buck rendition. But uh, we're back. What's up, guys? First time caller. What's Not up? Much. What's up? Feel like I talked well, to you just like yesterday. Yeah, right. <laughs> we, and, and as you know, if, if you listened to last episode, this, this it, people have been asking me. I don't know why. I guess because uh, talking to a mic about sports, they sometimes people act like I know what I'm talking about, oh, and that's no, where they're wrong. Sense. I don't know who to bet on. I don't know who to bet on, but I know where I should bet, and that's and you should all bet at my bookie. That's who. That's what the podcast is brought to you by my bookie. And yes, sir. I. The thing is, is their reviews. If you look them up on, on, if you just type in my bookie on Google and you look at their reviews, they're all good reviews. They're trusted. It's the best bet this season. And with football rolling around, I mean, it's time to get your parlays. You know, Patriots will cover. Cowboys won't because they never cover. And then, <laughs> and then, you know, Eli Manning's bound to throw a pick six, which they'll lose. So there you go. There's your first parlay. But yeah. Hey, yep. is that my bookie with a Y or an IE? IE. IE. It's, it's good my question. bookie, B O O K I E. Okay, dot ag. Cool. If you're going straight to their dot. their link, it's dot ag. What is it? Agricultural? What does yeah. ag stand for? <laughs> well, <laughs> they didn't tell me that. They, it started. They didn't let me know. Fun. They just said. <laughs> Originally, it was for betting on cow races, and so they've eventually <laughs> expanded into sports with the whole New Jersey loss. It's ag stuff. Through, it's ag stuff is how it started, but, but uh, now yeah. it's gambling. So, right. so, but yeah, if, if you're if you're looking for somewhere to go bet and you can't make it to Vegas every single time you want to, then then hit up my bookie. It's way to go. But <laughs> and I mean, who can you know? Who can make it to Vegas. Every I mean, I try. Well, I mean, I, I try. Well, I've I guess never been so. <laughs> Pops is up there watching the Dallas game in boxes, calling in from the from Jerry Jones's suite or something. So maybe you can. <laughs> no, no, but, you know. next door, next door. Oh, okay, to, okay. Oh, to, to right, right. You yeah. couldn't quite keep up with the Joneses. But. You know, his name's really Gerald. I think it's it's like Gerald Jones. Actually, Ooh, dropping, Jerry for dropping sure. knowledge on us. Huh. I mean, hey, it's just people in the know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, when you when you're sitting in his box, I guess you learn those things. Yeah, so. I'm next door to his box. Get it right, guys. I'm next door to his box all right well let's go let's get into the episode we got a real i, I think it's gonna be a fun episode we got I, for for all you other millennials out there i think the, the narcs are on to us they're a little late but they're they're on to us I, we'll get into that a little bit later plus a huge announcement from one company about some streaming stuff i really want to get into i think lj will enjoy okay. that but i want to go straight into dad me and lj kind of already did some best and worst of the week if, if you have some lj feel free to add but i wanted so as you know Dad called in from the Cowboy Stadium and I he saw that, week yeah. three of the preseason. You know, that's the dress rehearsal game, right? That's when the starters play at least a half. So, Dad, <laughs> yeah. let me let me hear your best and worst from the Cowboys-Cardinals game. Besides their atrocious offense, what's your best and worst of the week? Well, let's see. Cooper Rush? Let me think. What would Whew. he be, best or worst? Um <laughs> Um, no, he, he was really good if you if you if you were wearing red Sunday night. You know, if you're into if you're into watching Cooper Rush and Rod Smith and uh, uh, isn't it Rod, Rod Smith? Smith? Is that right? 
Uh, yeah, that's right. It's not the Rod yeah. Smith that played for the Broncos. Okay, no, no, it's not the uh, Hall, of, Hall of Fame. Did did Rod Smith at the Broncos? Didn't he get in the Hall of Fame? Oh, I don't think I, so. I think, I think he, he might be the only undrafted, or no, he made a Pro Bowl or something. Well, he also uh, like or the leading a, receiver. He's the leading receiver for the. Broncos. He's not in the Hall of Fame, and he. I mean, I think he absolutely should be. Um, I think it's a question. But, I think it's a question, but if T.O. Well, took a I mean, couple he, years to get in, then Rod Smith definitely needs to take a couple guess, years to get in. Mm, yeah, that's fair. I think the the difference is Rod Smith was not Ask supposed your to be over is D.O. Yeah. is definitely a better <laughs> no. receiver than Rod Smith. Well, no, but that, no, that's not my point. My point is uh, that Rod Smith was not supposed to be anything, and he walked onto a team more or less. Like, it wasn't uh, – and and he ended up with you know leading the league in receiving yards for a handful of years, and he uh, holds the Broncos all time record in receiving yards. Like he's got his dad a career still lives in Texarkana, doesn't he? Yeah. Just yeah. oh, by the way, do you, does anybody know where Rod Smith played high school football? High school uh, football? I do not Arkansas know. High? Somewhere close because his dad Arkansas was, High, Texarkana, okay. Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah. He got a Damn big win you. Friday night, last past Friday. Yeah. But yeah. was it Rod Smith or was it? It might have been McCaffrey. What was the one that cut their had to like cut their shoe? Or wore Allegedly, shoes that was short? McCaffrey. He was faster because he wore smaller shoes that his right. toes hung like, out of because he cut the holes in it. That's, that's that the was story. easy. Ed. That was Ed, yeah. right? Christian's dad. But yeah, Christian yeah, McCaffrey's yeah. dad. Yeah, shout out. Yeah. yeah, easy Ed McCaffrey for the Denver Broncos. Boy, that was a play good a receiving core. That was. And then you had Shannon Sharp, who was essentially well, the... Let's, we don't have to get LJ <laughs> reminiscent we, on the good days here. <laughs> like <laughs> nostalgia. Good Lord. He's now, waxing now, nostalgia hey, now, here. Now Shannon Sharp is just making his I can central. live in 98. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, true, true. Well, he's making $100 million to live in 98. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, so, Dad, uh, we can get back. Rod Smith, the running back, not not the right. – yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, then, yeah. I'm you out. watched I'm the Cowboys did – so, so I believe with when at the game, you went to week three, which normally is the – Normally the is the dress rehearsal. rehearsal. I'm getting ready. Okay, so I've been there. I've got my drink. I've got my chicken nuggets. Clearly, Mamma got tenders. you home. Mamma got you home. You, you were saying I mean, she's driving you home. Mm-hmm. Mamma did get me home, but I mean, I'm in there with my chicken nuggets, my shrimp rolls. I mean, it's life is good. Mac and cheese with lobster. I mean, it was like little Jeez. pieces of lobster so in you, the mac and cheese. Wait, you were were not in the in the booth with with Gerald Jones. Mr. I was next door to Gerald Jones. Well, your spread sake. sounds like you may have been right there beside him. <laughs> well, I mean, when well, you're next the, door to him, it's still pretty fancy. It's a first. This world is the issue. Cowboys. No. Cowboy Stadium spread. They're not doing some of that Atlanta Hawk bullshit where they give you like $5 <laughs> for $2. <laughs> yeah, y'all were talking about it. I heard y'all talking about those drinks or whatever. You know how much a drink costs me? Nada. Not a zero. <laughs> Nothing. Just, well, I just I'm asked Teresa to fix me one. I said, Teresa, can I have a drink? She said, yes, sir. What would you like? And I was like, well, I'd like a Tammy Lou. You know what a Tammy Lou is? What is a Tammy well, Lou? Why don't you enlighten it, us? It, it is a Tito's vodka club soda splash cranberry. That's what a Tammy Lou is. You did sound like I mean you didn't sound inebriated, but you sound like you had a few a few Tammy Lou's in you when we when we got I had a few Tammy Lou's, a few chicken nuggets, yeah. A little bit of mac and cheese. <laughs> so uh, but so yeah, the bit the, the box was fantastic. I mean, we had great company. Uh the game, well, sucked. And um, it was awful. I mean, it was Cooper Rush threw an early touchdown to, to the wrong team. There were yeah, six future it, announcers on the field, though. So that's that's the thing you got going for you. <laughs> right. No doubt. I think they even ran that during the game. They ran like, look at all the former Cowboy announcers. So interestingly enough, I know Tammy is watching uh, Hard Knocks, and she's uh, she's loves Cajuice. You know, what I'm talking about that tight end right, Cajuice yeah, yeah. on Hard Knocks. She's like, he's made the team. He's made the team, and I'm like. Honey, no, there's still cuts to be made. And, and <laughs> cuts I, coming the reason, the reason I'm saying that, I counted 80 players for each team still on the field oh, yeah. when they started. And yes, they got to so get down to 53. If you can I count up to 80, they didn't have enough free drinks for you. <laughs> no, it took a while. I had to count twice because it started moving. I mean, and then it was really, it was weird. But uh, but it was a good time. We got home. We got home about one o'clock in the morning. Um, so Well, so that gets me to, I kind of wanted to bring up a little bit here. I, it seems like... Surely the NFL preseason can't last two. It's just hard. One problem about the preseason, I get it's great for, you know, it it helps teams. Like you said, Dad, they have 80 guys. They're figuring out their roster, and it's a way to get to see all these guys. But so many coaches now, it wasn't just the the Cowboys kind of had one reason for not playing Dak and Zeke because the whole offensive line's banged up. They're just like, what's the point of rolling them out behind the whole second group? But also the defense, a lot of the starters didn't play on the defense. Sean Lee didn't touch the field. Demarcus Lawrence didn't really play. And so, and we'll get into it. We talk about the game more and and 
with our interview with Saad Yusuf, and boy, he makes me happy getting ready for this regular season. I don't know if it's false hope, but the the Cowboys didn't play a lot of starters, and the Rams didn't play any starters in their week three. They haven't played Todd Gurley all year. I watched. I was I, I was in in the house all weekend, so I was like, I'm going to watch NFL Network. I'm going to watch all those reruns. Watch the first half, all these preseason games, and yeah. so many teams are just like the the Packers didn't play Aaron Rodgers at all in their week three preseason it's game. The right McCarthy answer. Said it's the right he doesn't answer. Like that field, but yeah, why why but do like, it? You're, why the, risk someone being out for six weeks or maybe a year? I agree. I yeah. think like you, you could probably say 80% of the time, the winner of the Super Bowl is the healthiest team in the NFL. And right. So That's the big, what, what's the best ability, off. dad? Availability. <laughs> Availability. So, <laughs> so, but, and, and today this, we're recording this on Tuesday night and just earlier today, uh, Jerry Jones mentioned it brought up again. He wants to play. He wants two more regular season games, which of course the owners do because that's a ton of TV yeah. revenue. Yeah. But he said his argument was the players stand to make one billion dollars a year in total if they, if they'll do two more regular season games, which that's split up between 53 players a roster when the owner split yeah. up between 32. So I get why Jerry's yeah. pushing for it. Also, as yeah. dad brought up, I, can the human body? It's already tough enough for sixteen regular season games. Well, just think, what is it I in high school? Too. You just you generally play about what 10, 11, maybe twelve games if you go you to hope, state. You hope sixteen or seventeen, um, but yeah, yeah, right. I mean, and then well, maybe that many if you go to state in high school. And then college, you're going to play 12, 13, 14 yeah. max. Fourteen yeah. if you're I in mean, it. And now, so you're in the pros. You're playing the best of the best. I mean, these yeah. guys, yeah, the talent you're, level, you're running yeah. the talent. They're fast. They're big. They're strong. It's like running into a brick wall that can run at you. And you're going to play more than 16 games. I don't think the human body can handle it. Well, I, I will say one big difference in that, though, is uh, your job when you're in the NFL is to make sure your ankle doesn't fall off. And you, you spend, you know, 16 hours a day working on that. And in college, your job is to pass, you know, chemistry and your job in high school is to pass, mm-hmm. you know, AP algebra or whatever. So no, I, I get that. Yes. I get that to an extent, but like what saying, to me, that's why the scholarship is so valuable, right? That's why we pay them in this amount of money. Yeah, mm-hmm. And the Go. thing with like dad saying though, is in college, you do have the games where you play, you know, St. Mary's Bowling or you Green. play yeah. Bowling Green. And what is the, what is the roster limit in college? I mean, so, so they maybe like you need to raise the, so maybe you need to raise the roster limit to to let you play maybe, yeah. more, have more depth. If they're going to yeah, go more well, games, they definitely need more uh, a, a bigger roster. I support that uh, rule change. Yeah, let's. I mean, and let's then cut out. What, I know the players hate Thursday nights. Just cut out Thursday night games to so where there's never a short yeah, week. Oh, abso- absolutely, absolutely. I agree with that, and I, and and I think we're all three NFL. We love football. We love the NFL, yeah. but Thursday night games generally suck. Um, they're just they're, the players hate them. I would get rid of the Thursday night games. The only and good I don't I know think, that I would I would good. go. I think I would go two bye weeks. You know, they tried that a couple of years ago where each team had two byes and they stretched the season when was out. That? Um, so a couple of years ago, I don't, that sounds, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't nineteen forty. Preparing for the war. <laughs> oh, no, I'm telling you, about five or six years ago. I mean, we can look this up, but they had two bye weeks. It was which, not you five know, or six years ago, but yeah, well, I, they did. Golly, yeah, no. We're going to look. I, I bet I'm going to put a bet on mybookie.com, and I'm going to say <laughs> the over/under is seven years of when they did that. But at any rate, 1993. Um, no way. Are you serious? <laughs> when I was so born, you look at that. <laughs> I told it was you, 93. <laughs> just a quick wow. reference, since I, I know that math real quick. Since that's when I was born. That's 24 years ago, Dad. I don't know what a couple. Some people have discrepancies between a couple and a few, but I think that's a okay. More so than a couple. maybe my time reference is off. But the fact of the matter is, maybe. if you give each, if, if you give, <laughs> shut up, if you give each team two buys, you do stretch the season out another what? week. Do you know right? why they, they killed that? Why? why? I know. I'm this. asking. Oh, oh. no! Well, no, I didn't no, even no. know when it happened. Well, I thought it was back in 2016. It. I didn't realize it was 1993. Well, okay, so so I'll come in tomorrow or tomorrow next time we talk. I'll come in with all the information on a two by week season and why they stopped it because I wanted okay. it. I see it failed miserably, and that's all I see. So I. But I you see how that could it. effectively it could effectively stretch the season out, and that's what they're looking at is just oh, getting another week of NFL games. Yeah, um, and that doesn't. You know, put another game on a on a person's yeah. body. 
Yeah. So it, I think that would be something to examine more. Yeah. So and there is there is some history with it. Can I get real quick from y'all? Let's see. LJ, do you think in five years, do you think we still have a preseason, an I NFL preseason? I hope you'd not. Rather, you don't want uh, it at all? I, it does help a little bit to – I think to we got to have some preseason. Get your body ready for football because there is no, something think, different between in-game and – I think that uh, the coaches don't play their star. I mean, they're they're trying to get their, you know, their backups ready. But, you know, it's not – it's not like when they're practicing, they're not playing against NFL caliber talent. Also, you know what I mean. Like, but there's not a difference them, between in-game speed, fully padded up. I understand. Instead of preseason, no, not the same as in-game chill. speed. The goat, Tom Brady, has played a lot of preseason minutes. Is is what I've seen on highlights. So he's at least I playing mean, a quarter or a half usually. I think so. They're, so I they're think just trying to make sure play. he's he's heated up for the four game suspension he's going to get for coughing on Roger Goodell for the drones that they're like for that. the drones they're flying over <laughs> Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I just think so, no. I think it's a. I don't think it's. I think that most coaches don't see it as a useful thing. I think the only reason we keep it around is because it's some football to turn on. And if they went with a two by week season and actually spread out, you could probably spread it out two two weeks if you did it that way um, instead of just one. And then you have. I, I just think that would make the world get their football early, sense. but you, also you get stars out. starting out. Yeah, you stretch out the regular season, so you do. Not only do you have more games, which is more revenue, but then if you do those by weeks like that, maybe the regular season's longer just as amount of weeks. And so you. The, get to be like the NBA. The NBA, those games don't really matter as much at the beginning, but we still watch them. Well, you probably don't, El, yeah. but I mean, I'm still no, tuning in to, to Thursday any. night. So, <laughs> so I understand. I think it makes sense logically. I just think you got to give the players more. Re- Dad, what do you say? Five years preseason or no? Yes, they'll always. I think they'll have at least two preseason games. I really do. I don't think they're good. They can't do away with the whole preseason, but I think they might get it down to two. I hope they don't. I hope they don't change it. I hope they give two buys, but. I'm that's, with the, I'm with Dad. Opinion. I think LJ. I just think there's no way you can completely cut out. Wait, I, there's a way, but if you completely cut out <laughs> the preseason, <laughs> watch, watch this year when when Todd Gurley, who hasn't played at all in the preseason, and Le'Veon Bell, who's doing his holdout, he hasn't played at all in the preseason. I wouldn't be shocked if one of them do some nagging in like a, like a soft tissue injury, like a hamstring or something. Where there's just a difference between when you get in the real game and the practice. There's just a difference. Maybe, but also, how many opportunities you're going to give you? You know, feeling to tear up an ankle like he did today, um, and it sounds like he's going to be okay. But um, you know, the, these. I mean, you look at the OTAs, Redskins. Darius guys towards ACL. I mean, the the rookie. Oh, he's going to be the guy. Yeah, too. cut the preseason. Yeah. Get them. Let them. Let them warm up on each other. You know. Uh, uh, I I just. I don't I understand. Know. I, hate it. I, think I definitely the understand the sides. I think the only reason it's around is because people itch for football so badly that by the time you know uh, August rolls around, people will watch anything. They'll watch Canadian football. Kevin can attest. Well, it works. So I am watching preseason. <laughs> like I spent yeah, all weekend, right. a, lo- a lot of the weekend. Like I recorded the games that came on it, like the reruns at two and three that play on local channels, just so I can I watch like, a single the first preseason quarter. game. Because I'm it's not going to. It feel like football to me. It occurs to me that NCAA preseason is Arkansas is playing Illinois State or Northern Illinois State this week. I mean, that's their preseason game. So just schedule so. the well, the Browns can't play everybody week one. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go ahead and with that, let's talk. I know, Dad, you went to the preseason game, but we had uh, Saad Yusuf, who was also there. He covers the Cowboys for the Athletic. He he joined me earlier, and uh, we we talked a little bit about the they game. Let him what bring we think his the Cowboys are going to do? Yeah, he gets to bring his laptop in, so he doesn't have to do it from a phone like like Dad did because he brought but, a hat and a clipboard. Lessons learned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tweed hat and a clipboard, right? <laughs> All right, let's get to the interview with Saad. All right, and joining me now is Saad Yusuf. And Saad, you cover all things Dallas for the athletic, but I guess right now specifically, it's football season's gearing up. So the Cowboys and were you you were at the that abysmal game last night, were you not? Yes, I was. I mean, it was, it was a tough one to sit through, but. Uh, yeah, I was there. I was at the one before that too. The the one before that uh, last week was was a little bit better of a football game. But yeah, I mean preseason is still preseason, you know. Yeah, it's it's hard. To, and by the way, thanks for joining me here. Absolutely. But it's it's hard to really get a gauge on preseason. But so far, the what zero and three. The Cowboys haven't looked so good. And I, and now I don't think you're going to see hardly any. You won't see any starters in the next game. But. What what did you what was the the one takeaway I got if there's a good takeaway for Cowboy fans would be 
I think there's some serious potential on that on the defense. What what do you what did you, what did you see? What was your takeaway from the game? Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that, especially the young talent um, that they kind of gambled on. And Jalen Smith was the obvious gamble, and he's looked really good in the preseason and throughout training camp as well. Even the even the practices here um, at the start in Frisco, he's looked he's very explosive. Um, everyone that we talked to say are kind of hyping him up as the Notre Dame Jalen Smith, which. I think is a little bit dangerous to go there, but I mean, you know, Jerry Jones is uh, not one to mince words when it comes to hyping up the Cowboys. (laughs) And so he's, yeah, he's been pretty adamant that this is Notre Dame Jalen, Jalen Smith. And then, um, and then Cheeto, Cheeto Awuzie, the corner, he's really coming to his own. He's a, he's looking like a legit number one corner, at least for this team. Um, And now we'll see like, if he's a legit, number one corner in comparison to the rest of the number one corners in the nfl meaning if he is a you know who we saw yesterday if he is a patrick peterson caliber or someone like that um patrick peterson obviously a a probably future hall of famer so i wouldn't go that far but just a legit number one corner i think cheeto and jalen smith have been the two really shining stars not just on the defense but just of cowboys preseason in general and one guy that really showed flashes as kind of as you mentioned with Jalen Smith as someone who maybe can live up to what the Cowboys hope when they draft him was a guy like Randy Gregory who we know we know the troubles he's had on and off the field and whether that may or may, may or may not be over with we don't know but you could clearly see the talent on the field last night and him paired up with Demarcus Lawrence, if he can stay on the field, you know, like I, I even I even tweeted this yesterday, and it's like the thing with Randy Gregory, his uh, I, I'm not saying he's not talented because he's he's uber uber talented, and there's no denying that, but um, it's really interesting because his playmaking seems to just come off of like really hustle and explosiveness. It's like him getting off the line is just insane, and like you know we saw at the star, uh, we didn't see it as much yesterday in the preseason games, but at the star, you know he they had open practices to the public and he's jumping off sides a little bit which which uh which you kind of i mean you don't want that obviously but that that just goes to show he's anticipating snap he's getting off the line of scrimmage really fast um and then yesterday you saw the combination of you know he got off the line on that third and ten um was getting around the tackle the running back tried to chip him he spun inside and sacked the quarterback and and that's kind of Randy Gregory. And, and the interesting thing is Randy Gregory also got the start yesterday, which was probably the most interesting thing about his night because um, in, a couple of years ago when he came into the NFL, he was mostly utilized as a third down, passing down uh, pass rusher. And then that was the same uh, last week against the Bengals in the preseason game. But yesterday he started the game um, at right defensive end. So that's really interesting because that pushes Tyrone Crawford down side like the Marcus Lawrence. And I think whatever, not rightfully missing out on right now is David Irving and if David Irving comes back and if it's, if it's David Irving Tyron Crawford Demarcus Lawrence and Randy probably the well and that's kind of what I agree with you a guy that people you're not thinking about just because we haven't seen him as much but David Irving at times has been a tear on the defensive line and then you're mentioning all of that with you're putting some athletic guys down there in the interior line and then we're not even bringing up I know Taco Charlton's had some ups and downs but he's still a talent and if you can, we saw with the Eagles last year. What made the Eagles so good is that they were able to rotate. I mean, almost different, whole different levels of the defensive line. They could bring in a fresh guys each possession, and I. It seems, and maybe this is optimistic, but it seems like the Cowboys may have that kind of building with a group of guys. Which that's what Rod Marinelli would love to just be able to rotate in and out, tons of different guys to rush the passer and keep them fresh. And I think I'm with you. I think that could be a real strength of the of the defense. I wanted to ask you a little bit about that that middle of the defense, and we kind of got to it with Jalen Smith, and it's the guy that I think he learns from. And it just you can't understate the importance. What does Sean Lee bring to the defense besides just great on the field play? Is he just like an extension of the coach on the field? Yeah, he really is. And I, I'll I'll bring up two points on that. First of all, if you watch the uh, the documentary. Um, all or nothing um with the cowboys uh there was a there was a point in that where he came off the field against the giants and corrected the coach and was like hey look we can't run this defense because it just doesn't work against this look on offense 
and that's that kind of defines Sean Lee now. Now, you know, for me, I was a little disappointed. I'm like, that's more of an indictment against the coaching. But I mean, still like, you know, Sean Lee is that much ahead of the game. And then the second thing is last week uh, after the game, not yesterday, but the week before when, when uh, we talked to Cheeto after the game, um, he said Sean Lee is just a computer. And that's the exact word that he used. And, and you know, I think that's a that's a pretty fair assessment of what Sean Lee is. He's he. He, he, I mean, he just gets it. He makes the calls. He makes the checks. And, and it's go right from the start. And uh, looking at the linebacking um, situation overall, it's really interesting because um, the Cowboys, their, their defense is a 4-3 defense. But the thing is, that not only just the Cowboys, but most of the NFL doesn't play base defense as much as, uh, as, much as they used to. So they're not really playing a 4-3. It's usually nickel and dime. And what, what that means is that instead of three linebackers, there's usually two playing. And honestly, right now, there's probably four legitimate linebackers who can who can be on the field and the Cowboys could have a good defense. And that'd be Sean Lee, Jalen Smith. Um, the potential of Leighton Van Der Esch, um, what, the, what the Cowboys think they have in him, not that we've seen much from him. And then Joe Thomas has really burst on the scene and Damian Wilson has been great as well. So that's like... That's five guys who are pretty good, with Sean Lee, of course, being the cream of the crop. But um, it's really interesting because um, because the, the their defensive back situation isn't as deep. You know, Cheeto's great, Byron Jones is great, um, but I'm sure you're gonna you're, you're gonna want to get into the the safety position, which is absolutely not great. And so it's like, do you want to do you want to bring your fourth or fifth string safety on the field and keep a really talented linebacker off? because you're going to play nickel and dime or you're going to just roll with your base defense and let three linebackers play. That'll be a really interesting dynamic once the season gets started to me. Well, all right, let's go ahead and get into it then. The question everyone wants to know is that safety position. That's the one the Cowboys are lacking. So it's the big elephant in the room, Earl Thomas in Seattle. Is Dallas going to make a move for him or is that just hope by the fans? What what can you tell me on on that? Uh, It's definitely mum right now. And, and, you know, people keep like Cowboys fans keep saying as they see these uh, safeties go down, they're like, okay, well now it's time for Earl Thomas. But the thing is the reason Earl Thomas isn't already here is because the asking price for Seattle was too much. And as the safeties keep going down for Dallas, the leverage for Seattle keeps going up. Right. So the asking price, if not the same is going up now for, for Seattle. So I, to me, I think it, it decreases the chances that he he comes to Dallas um, just because of what the asking price is going to be. Now you know, 53 man cuts are on Saturday, and I also believe that you know instead of going and signing a safety off the street right now where there's limited talent, there's going to be some talent that's going to hit the market on Saturday, and that that'll be more talent than what's out there right now, and it'll be cheaper than Earl Thomas. So that might be what they do is wait for Saturday cuts to see. Um, what teams, you know, there's always a few names that are just like that. You just go, oh my god, I like why? How is he not on the team? Earl Thomas on the Earl Thomas front, I, I, I mean, it's a pipe dream, I think, and uh, and I think he'd be a great fit, obviously, with Chris Richard here. Uh, but um, I, I just don't, I just don't see it happening right now. I want to go ahead and get into the offensive line because that's something that has uh, we've seen some flashes on the defensive side, and we've seen. It's been mostly negative things on the O-line. And really, I want to start – we mentioned it on our last episode. I want to mention Travis Frederick and the sad, the sad news that came out last week about him having GBS. And is there anything – can you just tell our listeners what who may not know anything about what Travis Frederick's going through? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, it, it, it's really sad because it, it's a it's a disorder. It's a it's not it's not really an injury. You know, it, it's more of like a disease disorder type thing. And so, um, you know, first and form, for, foremost is just his health. Like whether he plays another snap or not. As which, a human being, not, right? Not yeah, you're right. And, and w- which he will. I mean, it's not it's not it's not that bad. It's not that bad where it's like it, where it should be career ending. Everything that like I've read and, and trust me, I've been educated on it in the past week as well. Everything I've read though has been like it's more of a weeks to months thing, not a year thing. And so I would probably say he's going to play at some point this year. You just don't know when. Um, but, you know, 
it, it's tough because um, it, it's a it's not something that you know they anybody anticipated happening. It's not something that you go into training camp or preseason games. I mean, the Zach Martin thing, you anticipate that sometimes. You're like, okay, if we're putting him out there, he might get rolled up on. You don't anticipate uh, going to get checked out for stingers and coming back with a GBS, uh, you know, diag- diagnosis. So, um, yeah, that that's really tough. But I think I, I think it's I, I think you know it, there it's I'm not gonna be an ex- I'm not gonna try to like just be an expert and put a timetable right. on it. But um, I would say I I think he's gonna play at some point this year. Um, I'm just really interested to see if they put him on IR to return or if they just keep him week to week and make him the inactive. Like, I, I don't know how they're going to handle that, but that'll be interesting to watch. Well, and I will say one thing that was good to see in the preseason game was that his backup, Joe Looney, actually played very well considering you just lost. If that's who's going to come in and play, I, I think considering you lost maybe the best center or one of the top centers in the game, Joe Looney proved that to me that he could at least – hold the fort at center yeah he definitely did and and you know he he said that he's very fortunate that travis is still around around the team travis was there yesterday at the stadium at the game and uh he's still there helping joe looney out so now it's more about joe looney's getting all the mental reps and mental help from travis and now he just has to go do it physically on the field and you know he's still gonna once the season starts he's still gonna be surrounded by a really talented group and that means Tyron Smith, Connor Williams has looked, has gotten better. He struggled a little bit, but you know he's gotten better. Tyron Smith is still there. Zach Martin will be there. And the biggest thing is that Zeke will be there. And you saw yesterday there was a sack where Cooper Rush got sacked and Rod Smith completely whiffed on a block inside. That's not going to happen when Zeke is the running back. And so uh, and so like you know I think the running back pass protection also plays a factor that's really going to help Joe Looney as well. But yeah, like you said, Joe Looney has been great, and he he's been as good as you can hope. Um, once you, you don't just find all pro centers on the street after you lose one, but I think the best case scenario that the Cowboys can hope for is Joe Looney can be a Ron Leary type talent, where he's just really good, really underrated, um, just because you have so many big names on the uh, you know on the offensive line. Well, and you know. Smith and Martin will. I, I guess we don't know, but you assume they'll be back week one of preseason. And you know what? The, if they're on the field, those guys are all pros. They're great. So you're not worried about the left side of the line. It's and I, you mentioned Connor Williams, who I haven't seen as much. I think he's got the potential. I think there's still some growing pains going through with Connor Williams. But someone I was really hoping to see take the next step and I haven't quite seen yet was Lyle Collins. And I just I, I get a little worried on that right side of the line. Am I wrong or? No, I, no, I, I, I would say that you know, if you're gonna look for a weak weak link on the offensive line, um, not counting center, um, it's definitely between Connor Williams and Lyle Collins. But you know, the thing is, the thing that you have to look at look there is out of those four guys right there, they're all first round talent. Connor Williams was projected by some to go in the first round. Lyle Collins, we all know what happened in his draft day, which was a really weird scenario, and the right. Cowboys got him undrafted. He was a first-round talent, and Tyron and Zach are obviously first-round talent. So the point is they have the talent there, the first-round talent, and now you just have to hope that you know they can all kind of put it together. And uh, and, and part of that is also going to be uh, Dak has to help them out too. He has to get rid of the ball quicker. Um, he has to watch his drops, which is something that you know I, I kind of hit on in my last piece. On, on Dak said he was working on pocket presence, and – and if you look, sometimes his drops went a little too deep. He was doing a play action drop back, and he would go ten yards. Where if you look at some of the better, some of the elite quarterbacks, they go eight yards, and uh, and that compromises the tackles. So um, Dak can be better. Dak can help him out. Zeke can help him out. Tyron and Zach can help him out. So there's a lot of different ways that the Cowboys can kind of offset um, the the absence of Travis Frederick and the deficiencies of Lyle Collins and Connor Williams. Real quick, I wanted to touch on a little of that quarterback room, and Dak's clearly the guy. They're going to roll with Dak. Um, the the backup quarterbacks have not really – Cooper Rush really looked good last year and just hasn't quite to me. Are they? Is there any talk about them doing, doing anything at backup quarterback? Or are they going to roll with what they got? Quite the opposite, actually. Yesterday after the game, Jerry Jones told us that, um, that they like what they have at quarterback, um, which is – 
given the history of this team, given what happened in 2015 and given what happened in 2016 preseason with Tony Romo going down when you didn't know what you had in Dak, it's really uh, it's really interesting in a bad way that they're going to just roll their dice with Cooper Rush and Mike White. Um, I'm not the GM, but if I was, I'd definitely try to make a play for one of those Jets quarterbacks, Teddy Bridgewater or Josh McCown, or RG3 from Baltimore when they have right. Lamar Jackson and Joe Flacco there. Um, you, you, you do that, you cut both Cooper Rush and Mike White, and then you re-sign one of them back to the practice squad, most likely Mike White, and uh, let him develop there on the practice squad and not having to have uh, the pressure of having to go in and fill in a game and, and fill the void of a starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys um, in the middle of a regular season. So I think I, that's what I would do, but it really sounds like they are going to just roll with – I mean, they're going to roll with Cooper Rush and or Mike White. If they roll with three quarterbacks, that's going to be really interesting because um, they have a, they have other areas where that roster spot could go to, namely the running back position where there's four guys who all seemingly deserve to be on the roster. And if one of those guys gets cut, because you're trying to keep a third-string quarterback, that's going to be very uh, – I, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't agree with that. Yeah, and I think, interestingly, you brought that up. I think either you wrote about it or I know you tweeted about it, but I do see you compared Bo Scarborough to a little bit of a LeGarrette Blunt, and I saw some of that in the preseason, and I just think it'd be tough to I, – I know he might not be ready yet, but it'd be tough to cut a guy like that because you're keeping a Mike White on. Or, or a Cooper Rush. I mean, that, there's just talent there on the running back position you'd like to keep on the roster. Yeah, and Darius Jackson, too. Look, Darius Jackson, when he was drafted and had a good preseason here, he got poached by the Atlanta Falcons, and he's had a better preseason than he did that year when he got poached. So he, if, if you cut him, you're not going to hide him on the practice squad, and you're not going to hide gonna Bo- grab him. Right, and you're not going to hide Bo Scarborough either on the practice squad. But you can hide Cooper Rush and Mike White. No one's coming after those quarterbacks. And so, um, and so, yeah, it would be really weird if they kind of decided to keep three and let one of those guys go. Um, but we'll see what happens. All right, I want to take a little bit of turn before I let you go. Since since you cover Dallas sports, and you've you've seen your fair share of Dirk Nowitzki, and I just think it's interesting today. Uh, news just came down that Mono Ginobili retired. So who? If you would have asked everyone back in the day when the rivalry was really hot between the Spurs and Mavericks. Who would have thought Dirk would be the last man standing between Manu, Tony Parker, Tim Duncan? I'd, the guy, the guy just never goes away, does he? No, I, I mean, you know, obviously Tony's still in the NBA, just not in San Antonio. Right. But, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Look, you know, I, I wrote about this um, a few. I, I think it was when uh, when free agency had just started, and it kind of applies now too. That every time something like this happens, whether it's uh, whether it's you know DeAndre Jordan leaving the Clippers, whether it's Kevin Durant leaving the Thunder, whether it's Manu retiring, whatever happens, we're always reminded of just how great Dirk really is, and it's kind of insane. Like when you when you think about it, um, he's just in a class all of his own. Just like he's actually still a really efficient basketball player. Like he's he's a contributor to this team. Um, it, it's going to be really really intriguing if. Uh, if in his 21st season, Dirk Nowitzki can legitimately be a six-man-of-the-year candidate, which I wouldn't put it past him, um, if he does come off the bench, like he last year he had, shooting percentage-wise, one of his better years. He, I mean, he, he was knocking stuff down. And so, you know, you're right. Like, when you look back at those rivalry days um, when, when these guys were squaring off, um, you know Tim Duncan, arguably probably a better power forward, better player than Dirk, maybe um, in NBA history. But uh, just when you factor everything together, um, the loyalty and uh, mo- and more important, ju- just the biggest thing is revolutionizing that position. Uh, there was no stretch four before Dirk Nowitzki. There was none of that. So um, what he did there, and the fact that he just keeps chugging along. You know, people compare him a lot to Kobe, but people forget Kobe demanded trades. There was tension with the Lakers. That's never happened with Dirk. Like Dirk has just always been here, and yeah, he won the title, but that was all that not all Dirk. I mean, he had a he had a good he had good supporting cast and All Star coaching staff on that year, but Dirk carried that team through the finals, and uh, and and you know. Manu Ginobili, a fantastic career, uh, but you know it just it just kind of hits home again, 
that you know how great Dirk really is. All right, uh, Saad. Before I let you go, by the way, you can follow Saad on Twitter. It's uh, at S A A D Yusuf, and that's uh, Y O U S U F one two six. And that, uh, real good, real good. Anything Dallas, if you like the Mavericks, the Rangers, Cowboys, he's got you covered. But real quick, before I let you go, and you also write on the Athletic, and Athletic takes a lot of crap because <laughs> it seems like every day another another writer that someone really likes is joining the Athletic, or they're making an announcement to go to the Athletic. What? So what what is working at the athletic like? Is it is it fun? Is it cool? It's it, it's literally like everything I ever dreamed of sports journalism being. It's fifty times that because it's just a lot of meaningful content. Um, we often see that you know um, a lot of things are usually, um, I, and I'm not talking about any one paper in specific. Just journalism in general right now, given like ad revenue and things like that. It, a lot of it has turned into being about clicks and stuff. And the fact that The Athletic is a subscription-only um, outlet means that we – I mean it doesn't do us any good. or Like it doesn't matter how many people, how many outsiders click on our on our links. It's mostly just about you know building a loyal following and then providing really good content on top of that. And so it really allows you to – to become a really good journalist it, it allows it, i mean it's allowed me to just you know talk about things that matter instead of things that just like you know are uh, it, it's just one kind of a, like crazy quote that you can put in a headline and the rest of the content just isn't that great i'm able to like and everybody at the athletic is really able to dive deep into uh into what fans really want and take the fans knowledge to another level with hardcore analysis and really good storytelling which also like you know it's online only we don't have like a uh, a print so there's no there's no cutoff i mean you get the stories as long as as long as they're told and so um that's really cool and then it's like you said man like the 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 network of journalists like we just got the nba's uh probably second i'm telling you y'all pulled the the (laughs) kevin duran signing this summer y'all pulled out shame man (laughs) yeah so all these guys are just so great and locally like you know um in dallas we have levi and calvin and and uh sean shapiro who i think is probably the best hockey follow in 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 the nhl um it's just it's really impressive and tim cato as well who who is who's great with the mavs it's it's really impressive the the team that we're that not only that we have in dallas locally but just nationally and and you know you're right. We get, like the athletic does get a lot of crap, but you know I, I wouldn't want to work anywhere else. Well, and that's what I think. What may have actually led me to uh, I stumbled upon your Twitter follow was was Calvin. I follow Calvin, and he's been covering the Cowboys and doing a great job for a while. And man, Sad, I really appreciate you coming on and, and talking a little Cowboys with me. And hopefully we can we can have you come back on sometime during the regular season. And hopefully it's after a couple wins, not not a twenty seven to three loss. Absolutely, man. Anytime. All right, and that was Saad Youssef. And as always, if you, if you're a big Cowboy fan, if you if you care about the Cowboys, he follows him. He's right there in the know, and really all Dallas sports. And you can follow Saad on Twitter at Saad Youssef one twenty six. That's at S A A D Youssef Y O U S U F one two six. He's a good follow. I mean, he he has good insight. I mean, he's right there. He's in the thick of things. But listening to that, guys, I really and maybe like I said earlier, this might be false hope, but he's got me thinking. You know, I, I looked up the Cowboys over under. I'm thinking about betting the the Cowboys over for wins total this year. Where would you bet? And that might be stupid. Well, that's the where I would bet. That's an interesting you would ask. I would bet at <laughs> my bookie. Okay, and I've been my bookie to bet that, that's it. <laughs> Well, the Just Press Play podcast is presented by my bookie, and oh, okay. it, it's the best place to go when you're, if you're going to bet online. I, I don't know who to, who to bet on necessarily, but I know who to bet with. And and with my bookie, you play, you win, they pay. They got live in game betting, the most rewarding player perks, and uh, they actually, Dad, for fantasy. I know you. We're all big fantasy guys. If you want to, you can go on there and say like Dak Prescott's over under is set at 16 fantasy points, and you can bet the under if you want. Like if you think he's just going to have a dud, so they have it so all. You can, you can bet any. 
anything. I mean, you can bet just about anything you want could, to bet. Could we yeah. do the shoot? And it's not even sports. Like they have like reality TV. You can bet on the Bachelor if you watch the do Bachelor. They do the cat races still. You can bet on anything at my bookie. Well, <laughs> I think they may have they may have moved on from the ag okay, part. Okay. Of it. It's mybookie.ag, <laughs> and I think they've moved on from the ag part. Um, do, I mean, but, so but that might be. So remember, we do the prop bets every year. We always talk about the prop bets. That might be a good place to to like challenge your medal against. You know the JPP squad. I don't know. We might absolutely. Well, yeah. If if yeah. you remember, uh, if you remember when I was talking about how I lost all my, I lost my ass in the Super Bowl. That was all on my bookie. That's where I, that's where I played it. They 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 normally you play you win and they pay. But for me, I just don't win very often. So that's, that's saying, my problem. I know who to bet against, and it's Kevin. So, but <laughs> if you join, if you join now, since my bookie is this sponsors the JPP pod. If you join now. They will. They you just enter the promo code JPP will when you, you join. Will you spell that They'll for me. They'll match your deposit. Uh, J. Okay. P. Okay. P. Oh, okay. You got right, that? Yeah, I got that. You, you I think? wrote that down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you put that into their promo code, then they'll match everything you put in dollar for dollar. So if you make a $50 deposit, they'll match it and you'll have a hundred. Or if you make, they'll do it all the way up to a thousand. So you can put a thousand dollars in and they'll match you a thousand. Now, I, so there is a limit. As me and LJ said, that means no limit for yeah. us because we're not getting their dad. Mr. Box seat, Jerry Jones is best friend over there. He might be able to, but. Well, I might have to go for, forego a chicken tender or two, but yeah, I'm not going to do that. So. <laughs> But yeah, go if, if you're if you're looking to if you're looking to make a parlay for uh, week four of the preseason, then that's that's the place to go get it. <laughs> but I want to I want to kind of switch gears here and go away from sports for a second. Uh, for for all of the fellow, they called it young consumers, but it's really for millennials. I think that the, the narcs are on to us. And the executive uh, president at a research firm called Magid says that the cat is now out of the bag. And they did a recent uh, a recent survey. And they found that 35% of all young consumers share their password on streaming sites as like Netflix, Hulu, HBO Go, yeah. uh, et cetera. And they said that's well above the 19% of Gen Xers and 13% of baby boomers. Then they also found that the post millennials, which they classified as 21 and younger, share their password at an alarming 42%. Yeah. My question is, well, at first, my first response was, uh, duh. Like, <laughs> right. I think that the, was clear. The cat's that out of the, the really damp paper sack is what the cat's out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like that, that cat's been trying to stay in the bag if it's been still in there because... <laughs> I, uh, everyone my age, or not everyone, but a lot of people my age are, are, are still stuck on on the the parent the parent nipple there, just just <laughs> trying to get the the, the oh Netflix God. as long as possible. And the, but my question is, my question is, how do they figure this out? There's some like I don't. If they would have put a survey, it was like, do you pay for your Netflix? I'm not answering yes to that or no to that. Well, like some narc's been out there like talking to us just face to face, and they're they're keeping a category. That's why it took so long. No, it's pretty it's pretty easy though. It's uh, in a hypothetical situation. Let's say I use Dad's Directv account to watch HBO Go. Purely hypothetical. <laughs> Hypothetically, <laughs> but if that were to happen, then HBO has the stats for whether or not uh, their show is being watched in. Texarkana, which is where the bill is paid, or in Chicago, where the bill is not paid. And so they can tell pretty clearly that if, say, Dad was watching Game of Thrones an hour ago, and I'm watching Game of Thrones now, that clearly he didn't fly to Chicago to watch the second half of the episode that he was watching. So it's pretty easy to tell. So why don't they? Why haven't they already made it to where he can only access it from like his IP address? I, right. Why don't they just do one IP address? I think. LJ? I think people. Well, first off, it would be. Well, I might go to my cabin yes, and want to exactly. watch. Exactly. So, yeah, you might be so. on a plane and want to log in on the internet, uh, the plane Wi-Fi, or on my iPad, um, or something. Exactly. Sure. Um, so, so there's there's all sorts of like little barriers, and then the other thing is, I think that they kind of plan a little bit of that. Like they're, they're aware that that's going to happen. They just hope it doesn't get too bad. And that's why I think Netflix is, you know, they have the different, the different amount of TVs you can watch per account. So like, if you pay, like, I, I don't right, know the numbers, say that but you're already viewing on two screens. Right. But then you so can also let me the other day, cause upgrade to four screens or whatever. Well, not that I'm on dad's Netflix. Right. I would plead the, the day, day, hypothetically. hypothetically. But, yeah. <laughs> I plead the one, two, three, four, fifth. <laughs> <laughs> so there, 
And the, the, this, this was an article in Forbes that had all this. And their point was that that's what Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney, his biggest, they, they've recently done a bunch of purchases and they bought over 21st Century Fox. And the main point was to get, take over Hulu and have that under their umbrella. And they've already rolled out ESPN plus to where that's the only place you can get the, the, uh, like 30 for 30s and some exclusive content. And they're going to roll out the Disney thing there to try to rival Netflix. So they're coming, they're, they're, they're getting ready for this. And apparently the article said that Hulu Hulu loses an, an approximately $1 billion a year in revenue to people sharing passwords, which sounds well, but crazy. But here's my, what does yeah, yeah, Netflix yeah. cost? Isn't it like ten ninety nine or eleven? dollars I think they went up to eight ninety nine or nine ninety nine or something. It depends on the, the subscription that you pay. If you're, I think it's two screens, non-4K, but still HD, I think that's like eight ninety nine. And then if you're four screens, 4K, then you're looking at like ten ninety nine, something like that. Well, I think mine is, I want to say it's ten ninety nine or eleven ninety nine. but what, what I'm interested in, knowing is so what if they I mean it's the whole kind of supply and demand deal I mean if they cut the price to 8.99 but they would get a million more subscribers you know because it's two dollars less a month net yeah. they're making more money right? right right so you know cut the price a little bit but get more buying in and your overall but gross they know profit goes up but still it, what, what their problem is it's it's going to be hard so for hypothetically speaking, if I was getting it for free this whole time, it's hard right. to get me to pay for it now. If I've already got, well, yeah. even if they, even if they drop it to five ninety nine, I'm like, well, I can still let hypothetically, I can still let dad pay for it. And I'll just use his login unless they come yeah. up with something to stop that. Well, and, and what do they do to stop that? Besides like say, well, you can only have five devices active on your account. Like iTunes used to do back in the day where you could have five different computers with your iTunes right. library. But then the problem is, so dad's got his five computers and that makes sense. He's got his, you know, his work computer, his home computer, his iPad, blah, blah, blah. And then, but also his, one of the extras would go out to maybe a hypothetical son that he has that wouldn't admit to, to using his Netflix Well, hopefully account. dad doesn't have any hypothetical sons. He should only have two, I believe, but. <laughs> well, um, I, this is a hypothetical. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm uh, telling you, call the, the, a lawyer in here just to yeah. make sure that we don't incriminate anybody. I think y'all should shut up in case there's any hypothetical Netflix executives listening. Either way, our phones have been I, I listening to us this whole time. We've got into that. There's but. no... Well, we actually haven't solved that. I don't know if you guys have been playing the we're, game, we're, but we're, I haven't seen it. I have been playing playing still the going. game. We can the survey's still going. Anyway. Well, we got to talk about it carefully because I don't want to uh, put right. it on the internet. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's no way to fix it without... Uh, either going hardcore about it or just hoping that people, I think one of the things that Netflix and Steam, which is like the, uh, like one of the best uh, game buying platforms on the internet, uh, have taught the world that if you make something affordable and, uh, and, and Spotify and all of them do the same thing, you make something affordable and convenient, people will pay for it. You know, like they, these groups have kind of killed piracy. And so, you know, now at least even if some people are stealing the content, they're still, you know, getting viewing statistics on people and seeing, you know, will a show like Stranger Things, if we have a another show that's similar that we want to come out, who do we advertise that to? Do we advertise that to people that are, you know, 17 and older, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they get like really valuable information, even if you are stealing their content. And, you know, at least it's better than piracy. So, yeah, I don't think they lose what they claim they lose. I think that that's the same as like. Uh, you know, well, that's like when the NFL yeah. owners are talking with NFL players and they're feeding them a big yeah. crock of yeah. BS. Just you can always, yeah. you can always claim a debt. So. Before, before we get out here, we always, we always touch on what we're listening to, but I kind of wanted to touch on some music news. So okay. the, the king, the, his album's back there behind you, but what, what, what was Michael Jackson called? The king of pop? Is that king of pop? Yeah. Well, it's time for the king of pop to move over. Because the top selling album is no longer his, the the Eagles, baby, the the best of Eagles moved up to number one. What do, what what have you oh say about God. that? I mean, what a great album! That album's been out since probably the late seventies. Is probably well, we know you're bad about recalling a couple years ago, right? It came out a couple <laughs> yeah. years ago. No, I said late seventies. I mean, y'all weren't even a nineteen forty two. Hey, like my dad was born in 42, or I think she was 44. So still, okay, even I'm not that old. But 
Um, hey, the Eagles are on my Mount Rushmore of bands for sure. But, I, I thought that was amazing to see that they finally overtook Michael Jackson uh, for it's, best. It's a best of album though. It is a best. Does it count? Does it count? Because Michael Jackson had an album and they did the best of. Yeah, album. I, I think that takes fair. away from the. I think you like subtract like thirty percent off of the album sales as far as like records go. You know, it's an asterisk. It's very bond asterisk. <laughs> you know, I hear you. They didn't take steroids. I mean. Well, no, that is steroids. I, that's literally performance enhancing. That's picking the best songs uh, off of every album, album you've done up to that point. That's album enhancing. Yeah, you're, you're picking up, yeah. you're picking and choosing. Yeah, maybe I just got a point. Uh, I think that's full of bullshit. But I mean, it's a great. It, hey, the Eagles. It was a great it album. Great. It, it's a great album. I hear you. I'd put Hotel California. That and that is an album, not a greatest that is a real, honest Well, and that's what's and crazy. I would, I would put that against any album, anytime, anywhere. Hotel well, California. To by go the with Eagles, what you were saying, the best album. To go with what you were saying about uh, they might be they're right up there as far as best bands ever. That now with that album moving to one, which this was already true, but they have two top four albums because Hotel California is number four best selling all time. So they have the number one and number four. That's that's pretty dang impressive to have two albums, which LJ, as LJ says, one's not a real album. It's a best. Yeah, album. one with a little star by it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I bet they still got money in their account by selling that. Yeah. You know, Barry Bonds got paid too, but it doesn't mean that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so that natural segue to what what and you could say this and I wouldn't fault you, but what, what have you been listening to, Dad? You, you've been on a road trip or just in general. We hadn't heard from you know, uh, yeah, yeah, but I've been listening to something a little different. Uh, India Ari. I got on hey, India Ari the other day. Right. And uh, what was the one past. I got on? I think it was Love and Testimony 3. Or I can't remember the one that's uh, Am I My Brother's Keeper. Y'all know the one I'm talking oh, about. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I, I don't remember the album exactly. But, uh, really got What's into some India Ari song. Oh, man, there's so many. I'm Not My Hair, probably. That's I'm probably my, my hair. favorite. It's just so yeah. much fun to listen to. Boy, now, that wasn't on that one. That was, right. yeah, Akon sings on it. Um, yeah, that's a good song. Yeah, I'll find some Indiari and put on. But that's I just kind of got into a little soulful Indiari lately. That's what I've been listening to. All right. And, Not a problem. Uh, LJ, what, what, what have you been? What's been playing in your ears? Anything? Well, so Hannah and I have have uh, have concocted a game. Uh, there's this song called 128 Series Part 2 by a group or a DJ called Filament of Sleeve. And it's, it's essentially a fast hip-hop beat. And so we now will listen to it on repeat and try any song that we think we know really well. We'll try to rap or sing along with this. And it's really challenging because it's very fast. And so, like, you know, it's it, so that's what I've been listening to is we've just been we've been playing this game every time we get into the car of me What's trying it called to rap again? a Millie 128 series part two. Because I kind of want to try. I, I think this game would be fun. It is fun. We like two hours the other day. We were like just sitting in the living room and she was like, whoa, wait, wait, let me try this song. And I was like, OK, OK, as soon as you get done, I got another one. And so we were just like trying to <laughs> it was fun. All right. And. I, you should I'm, hear me try to hit a milli. <laughs> can we record it? We might. We might have it like the outro one day. Is LJ doing a milli really fast? <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, until I get to the the chopper part and I can't. My tongue doesn't keep up anymore. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what I've been listening to this week is uh, as we. I, this should be a sponsor of the show because we mention it uh, once a week. But I, I got into another tiny desk, and it was because right. it was because I was I follow. Uh, we've mentioned him as one of my what we're listening to before, but uh, Anderson Pock. I follow him on Twitter, and the other yeah. day, someone I just saw this tweet. Someone he was doing like question and answer, and someone asked him, "What's your favorite?" Because he's a fan. He's always talked about how he's a fan of Tiny Desk. He's been on there. Yeah, and they were like, "What's your favorite Tiny Desk?" And he said, "Nick Hakeem." I'd never heard of him, but he just had such, like, it was no, like, it wasn't even like he thought about it. He just, Nick Hakeem, period. So I was like, I, I Isn't have that such a good feeling. Yeah. You know, now you never heard of this guy, but you know, you're going to have an experience because well, like, you I favored the tweet. Taste. Yeah. I favored the tweet. Yeah. I was like, yes, this will, I will do this. I will sit down and I'm going to listen to this and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And I loved it. It was great. He's got a really good voice. There's a bunch of instruments playing. Like there always is on tiny yeah. desk. It was really cool. So then I went and checked out his one. I'll put his tiny desk in the show notes. If you, if you're interested in checking it out, but also then I checked him out on Spotify and I listened to just one album so far, but green twins was the album name. Okay. 
and it's Nick Hakeem. He's it's, it was really good. I really like him. He's got some soul. He, he sings. He's almost got a little R and B to him a little bit. It's he's a white guy, but he's got this nice R and B sound with with the guitar. It's really good. Awesome. So, yeah, that's what I've been going that's with. That's the best feeling in the world is anticipating some good music. Anticipation mm-hmm. is a good feeling, and when you tie it to music, yeah, because like stuff. I just favorited the tweet. I was like, I couldn't do it then. I was doing something, but I was like, yeah, this will happen soon. And so, like, yeah. I got home like a couple of days later, and I was sitting there doing nothing. I was like, oh, oh, oh. So I pulled up my yeah. phone and I found what he said because I couldn't remember that name. I was like Nick Hakeem. I typed it in, just let it play, just, just press play. Yeah. That's all I did. Just press play. That's all you did. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, that that does it for this week. I think we're gonna call it call it a quits. Uh, we will have a poll question up. I'll, we'll figure out what it's gonna be. I'm not exactly sure what it'll be but we'll we'll have it up and as always you can find that on our website with the show notes at jpppod.com is it podcast or pod (laughs) for real cut his pay LJ I don't know what he makes but cut it Cut it thirty <laughs> percent. Yeah, you can you can find that poll you can find that poll at our podcast or at our website at jpppod.com or justpresspodpod.com and then we'll have we'll, we'll even put a link to that on our Facebook on our Twitter like go check it out and if you're not yet I, like we said last week I don't know why you're not subscribing like don't you don't have to listen yeah but just subscribe and, and go grab your brother's phone and your mom's phone and get them to subscribe and if you want you can go ahead and rate and review us too on their phones yeah but. And then turn off notifications. If they don't want to see the notifications, you can turn off the notifications, but just make sure you're subscribing. So, (laughs) and then unsubscribe and resubscribe. All right. I think that'll do it. I'm glad to have the tripod back. It was good to have you back, Dad. And thank you. Thank you. Glad to be back. All right. That'll do it. Peace out. Peace. Peace. All right. Ready? Yep. Yeah. Make your money. Lead us. Yep. Well, if you'll if you'll hush your mouth for just a second, hey, I talk when I want to talk. My God, I'm a grown ass man. It's golf again. <laughs>